Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, at managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com. It's The List and your boy, number 147. Let me... Get a little closer. There we go. There we go. A little more even now. Jimmy, what's going on? Uh, you know, another day. I, uh, I'm i not going to do the pint today or the, the beer today because I had two pints at lunch, which was a big mistake. So I'm, uh, I'm just going to I'm just gonna have a bottle of water. So I, I think we should start today. We're doing this on November 13th. We should start today by talking about that very polarizing figure known as Don Cherry. I'm kidding, Nigel. I'm not going to talk about Don Cherry today. Well, I'm not hip me. to it. I'm kidding. To it. Oh, you're not hip to the situation? Well, that's good. We'll leave it alone. My, the, my Canadian uh, viewers will know. <laughs> no, we're, we're going to start by talking about CM Punk. And you know what I love about some wrestling fans, Sean? Not all, because a lot of wrestling fans are very informed and very educated and stuff. Some wrestling fans, not so much. And uh, I saw a bunch of stuff on social media today. People were calling him a sellout. And, oh, God. And saying, I can't believe he's back with that company. So the first thing that we need to make clear is that Backstage is a Fox production. Yes. Because uh, people are confused for some reason. It's a Fox production. That means I reported that, it and clarified it pretty well. I spoke to Fox employees about it. Oh, there you go. Everything. There you go. 
over the last few weeks on FightfulSelect.com. Make sure you guys subscribe. Well, there's still people that don't get it. So they're, they're calling him a sellout for working for WWE. His paycheck says Fox on it. That doesn't mean that things could change down the road. Sure. And that doesn't mean that he might uh, end up back in a WWE ring in some capacity. But right now, uh, it is a Fox gig, not a WWE gig. And it's also not a regular weekly gig. Uh, WWE on Fox, the Twitter account, posted this after Punk's uh, uh, appearance. It said, your chance have been answered. Punk just showed up on backstage. He'll be appearing periodically on the show beginning next Tuesday. So it sounds to me like it's not going to be a, a yeah. regular weekly gig. My first question for you, Sean Rossap, uh, was this a desperation move because of ratings, because of the uh, 49,000 last week? So one Fox employee told me it's been in the works all along, but I had someone, I had that same person telling me a few weeks ago they, that Fox was out on CM Punk. A few weeks ago. Personally, me, if you were to ask me what I think, I think it's reactionary. I completely think it was reactionary. Otherwise, I, why wouldn't you have him from the debut? Yeah, I can't help but think the same thing because obviously the only caveat in, in terms of why they wouldn't have had him from the start was money. Uh, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of that would make them not do a deal. But then all of a sudden, boom, you do the deal. It's almost like prior to, to this week, Punk wanted too much. But now because of 49,000 viewers, they're like, ah, screw it. And they, yeah. and, they, and they gave him the money. I think it was reactionary, too. It just comes off that way. Uh, and you know what? I say good for him. And, and as a wrestling fan, look, I understand that some wrestling fans are saying, oh, he's a sellout because they think he's working for WWE. And yes, when Punk left, he said, I think it was Chris Van Vliet, that uh, he talked to on the red carpet somewhere, uh, and Punk said, never, ever. That was his quote. I will never, ever go back to WWE. But that was then, and this is now. And, and again, you got to understand that he's 41 years old, and the window for him to maximize his earnings, that window's closing. Yeah. And what's wrong with him wanting to, to, to earn a good living? I don't have an issue with it. I sure as hell don't look at him as a sellout. And as a wrestling fan, Sean, tell me that it would not be interesting to see CM Punk face-to-face -face in the ring with Triple H again. Tell know, me I, that would not be interesting as a wrestling fan. I know a lot of people disagree, and I've got a, a nice 4K editorial video dot com slash Fightful about it, but I think it's legit a WrestleMania main event if they did it. Which, here's the thing, it goes against so many of the things that CM Punk complained about in his podcast. The part-time thing, the, the not rewarding full-time guys, the, the older talent. But all of those things that he said makes this a main event where it wasn't six years ago. Which is the crazy thing about it. Circumstances change. Reality changes things. Yep. And again, I'll have a full video up on it, but yeah, this is... This is wild. Who knows if he wants to wrestle, but I don't care if he does. Jimmy, as I've mentioned in that video as well, we've seen 2K bridge the gap. Yeah. With tons of, like Goldberg, Warrior, Sting, all kinds of people had the, the, the bridge gapped because of that. You don't think Fox with their billions of dollars in that deal can do it? I think they can yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and I mean, you think about just just the history. I mean, Jesse Ventura won in court against WWE uh, for uh, rights for uh, for IP, and yet then they brought him back. Hulk Hogan left, joined WCW. They almost put WWE out of business. Then he came back, and then like you said, the Warrior and Goldberg and uh, WWE is very they're they're very agreeable uh, to give somebody another shot when it comes to business. And yeah. uh, Punk 
he could be a, a difference maker. He could be. And I personally, as a wrestling fan, would be intrigued to see a guy who's not going to recite word-for-word scripts. You know what I mean? He's yeah. not going to recite word-for-word scripts. Even if they give him one, he's not going to do it. Yeah, hopefully and, he cuts a promo like Lana's this week. Right, and we're going to get to that later on, too. We'll get to that later. But it's refreshing if they do stuff like that. And as a wrestling fan, I want to see him, you know, all the things that we know about real life with him, especially Triple H is the guy that he had big problems with. I would love to see those guys do promos again. You don't think that would be entertaining? That would be entertaining, you know? I, so, think, I think that CM Punk could cut the best heel promo in WWE. Yeah, but he's not going to be a heel. Maybe not initially, uh-uh. but eventually I think he could be. Oh, yeah, he could be eventually. But when... like, Because, I mean, what what source material do you have to go on? Him coming back and doing the very thing that he said that he didn't like and then the crowd embracing him for it, That if that doesn't set up an all-you-people promo, I don't know what does. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about Don Cherry again, Nigel. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, all I'm going to say is, uh, you know, wrestling fans in, in today's landscape, look at Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho has tried everything to be a heel in AEW. He has tried everything, and they cheer him. You know what I mean? And and I think Punk could literally go out there, and he could, like, take a dump on somebody's head, and the crowd's still going to pop for CM Punk. So, like you said, maybe down the road if, if, if he goes in that direction. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves because— I, I think the important part, sorry to interrupt, is, is reaction. And Chris Jericho gets the reaction. That's the important thing because everybody knows that Cody Rhodes is the babyface. But then again, AEW does things differently. They don't—that I've seen, they don't seem to force it down your throat. Babyface, heel. Babyface, heel. They're like, hey, if you want to like this person, you go ahead and like them. Right. We're going to give you more reasons to not like them. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've got a reason to like Mr. Big Bad Bean, who's, <laughs> by the way, guys, donate a super chat, any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. And Mr. Big Bad Bean says, is CM Punk the best to never main event WrestleMania? I would probably have to go with a yes off the top of my head. I'd have to think about it. Uh, there, I mean, you know, there were so many guys in the 80s who, if they had come along 20 years later, would have been the top star in the company. So yeah. many guys, whether it be Ted DiBiase, Rick Rude, Jake the Snake Roberts, Mr. Perfect, uh, even Brutus Beefcake back then, there were so many elite-level mid-card guys. Uh, but then, you know, DiBiase Rick technically... Flair. Yeah, Ric Flair. Flair's D- a good one. DiBiase <laughs> technically made event at WrestleMania four. Uh, so so he's up there, but uh, yep. punk is punk is is no doubt. But at the same time, it's a different era now, where sometimes the main event goes first. Yeah, you know, and and the one the one year that Punk uh, wrestled Taker, I forget what year that was. A lot of people look at that as the main event of that WrestleMania. Yeah, but it didn't Diesel, go last. I don't think I don't think Diesel main evented either. Technically, eleven because did he? Ma- yeah, he did main event eleven. I, no, 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 he didn't. That was Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor. Taylor. Hmm. So he didn't. He didn't, and that was he was a pretty integral figure for quite a while in yeah, pro wrestling he was. from from like ninety four, ninety five to two thousand ish. He was he was a pretty big name. So I think that's three that jump off the page: CM yeah. Punk, Ric Flair, and Diesel. Flair never made it, yeah, because I guess that year they had Hogan, Sid Vicious, right? Yeah, they had Hogan, Sid Vicious, and he was out of there by the next one. And of course, back he was no longer at that necess- that that level. But the reason that one doesn't jump off the page as much is because he only had one chance in his prime. Yeah. CM Punk had like several chances, yeah, like six, five, six chances, and didn't do it. 
so that's that's the main one that, that stands out to me right now. I, I think eventually if Braun Strowman never does, he'll be one, but that depends on how they book him near the top. But Yeah, and Braun Strowman's still got a lot of time. He's still got a lot of time. Yeah. But uh, all right, let's talk about full gear. So uh, I haven't had a chance to see the whole show, uh, but that's good because this isn't a full gear review anyway. I've seen Jericho Cody, and you're, you're right. This is a political podcast. Yeah, it's a political podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen I've seen Jericho Cody, and I've seen bits and pieces of Moxley Omega, and so far that's all I've seen. Uh, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, uh, Full Gear was kind of a tale of two shows a little bit. First thing I want to ask you though, we had Jeremy Lambert there. How did it go for him? How you know how how was he treated? He did Starcast. They had the the shortest RoboCop I've ever seen in my life. RoboCop, yeah. So it's, it's funny. One of the reasons I didn't go is because I've mentioned to you that AEW has kind of scaled back their access to talent. And the last StarCast, I don't think I got any AEW talent outside of scrums and stuff like that. And I wanted one-on-one stuff. Well, that seemed to be different this time. I don't know what changed that philosophy, uh, whether or not they were like, okay, this is a more intimate setting. Don't have any information on that. But Jeremy Lambert got access to a lot of people. He's working on a fantastic... Uh, <laughs> Fantastic piece of satire coming out of that, which really? which I'll tell you off air. But from what I understand, he got like a, a ton of uh, one-on-ones. He got a bunch of great scrums both before and after. Now if we can only get that YouTube algorithm so we could be the ones <laughs> to get 100,000 views off those Chris Jericho scrums. I saw that. But, I saw that. But yeah. uh, Jeremy did great work there. As, as I've mentioned, he's hopefully going to be the guy that helps us run the site in the future. But he got to hang out with uh, former Fightful, uh, Fightful writer Andrew Thompson there. Uh, so lots of good stuff there. And credit to Jeremy. He was the one that stepped up and asked Tony Khan a couple of tough questions. One, about the fight between Jimmy Havoc and Excalibur. And two, kind of challenged him on the notion that they don't have a monitor with the USA Network up backstage. Because Jeremy was like, you all tweeted a picture of your production truck with the monitor on USA Network. And what did Tony Khan say to that? He was like, well, to be fair, I meant backstage. Whatever they do in the truck is what they do in the truck. It didn't seem like he was lying in the answer to me. He right. was like, sometimes they have football on in the truck. Like it's, they, he might not they, have known. Yeah, he might But not they have do known. have a TNT by USA monitor up in the production truck. Oh, in- on Wednesday nights, you mean? Yes, and I mean or, they or should. They, they had it up. They had it up Saturday night. Really? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe it's just a standard thing that maybe. they were like. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, Wednesday night they should. They should. They should keep an eye on what the competition is doing. So the reason I thought Full Gear was a tale of two shows is because I loved Cody Jericho, and I specifically loved the finish of Cody Jericho, and I hated Moxley Omega. Uh, and, and I, I kind of want to talk about it because AEW, you know, they have this reputation of being kind of the smart promotion that uh, tailors to the smart audience and stuff. It's true, but it's not. You know, I mean, there, there's things they do that I think are really great, and then there's things that they do that I think are a head-scratcher. And I think you're yeah. going to get that with any promotion. Like, no promotion is going to be able to knock it out of the park every single time. What I loved about Jericho versus Cody was that, and this is something WWE could learn from, was theoretically they painted themselves in a corner – by having Jericho versus Cody when Cody said, if I lose, I'll never challenge for the title again, right? So theoretically, they painted themselves into a corner because Jericho was not ready to lose that title. Hear me out. No, but let me me finish and and then you can talk. Sure. Obviously, they did not paint themselves in a corner because they knew what they were doing. Yes. Right? They knew what they were doing. The reason I didn't think Jericho should have lost yet is because, number one, he just won the title. He's the biggest star in the company. And the mainstream opportunities that he's been getting 
getting all these talk show appearances and he was uh, on the NBA show with Shaq and Charles Barkley. And with all due respect to Hangman Page, if he had a one over Jericho, he would have never gotten those opportunities. Correct. And so that's one reason. Uh, and then Cody, I just think it's too soon for him to win the title. I think he should be doing a longer chase. Uh, and also the fact that he's an EVP, to me, it wouldn't be the greatest look. But because he said, if I lose, I won't challenge again, I thought to myself, okay, theoretically, uh, in a corner. Having MJF throw in the towel, I thought was a brilliant way out of it. I thought it was a brilliant way out of it because Cody eventually, I think, will challenge again for the title. And when that happens, the fans are going to forgive him because he didn't lose. You know yeah. what I mean? So I thought that was brilliant. And I watched that thinking to myself, hell in a cell. You know? Yeah. WWE painted themselves in a corner and they fucked it all up. He didn't even have to. No. And they didn't uh. even have to. And AEW showed you that you can be smart about it. You can find ways out of it. I really like that finish. Uh, I think the cut was hard way, right? It was pretty severe. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, it looked like it. Really severe. So, so uh, go ahead. Tell me what you were going to say. A lot of the people with the MGF thing said, oh, it happened too soon. Would I have stretched it out personally? Yes. But there's a big difference here, Jimmy. I'm not ready to wrap this up and be like, oh, well, AEW screwed it up because this is different. And I've got a video coming out on YouTube about this one soon, too. WWE has a proven track record, decades of tendencies and habits and stuff that we know they're going to screw up. Jimmy, me and you were talking about it three weeks ahead of Hell in a Cell. They're going to screw Gonna screw this up. We couldn't have possibly imagined how bad they would screw it up. Like it, it's it's almost impressive that they found a way to screw it up. It was like it was like imagine. Lana in the blue jean dress making out with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, well, it's like no, how do you? It's, again. it's like how do you want to fuck up Lana? That's how you fuck up Lana. Oh, next week I fully expect Rusev to come out with Summer Rae and give her a cold <laughs> dead fish and name it Lana. Oh, nice, nice. Like like it's gonna happen, but. The, the Cody thing, like, he is the hottest baby face in the company. And anybody who's watched MJF know he has the ability to be the hottest heel in the company. Now, there's something that went a little under the radar that I am looking forward to. Uh, Cody mentioned a secondary prize, possibly over the next month, for people to fight for. He doesn't like to use the term mid-card. He said he knows there's a thing, that it's a thing, but he doesn't want anybody to be portrayed as mid-card. Mm-hmm. You know, 20 years ago, we had Rob Van Dam as ECW TV champion, and you you hear that a lot. Oh, I want this title to be perceived as on the level. When Rob Van Dam held that title, he was the biggest attraction in ECW, bar none, not even close. Uh, it wasn't Shane Douglas or whoever the hell else was holding that ECW world title. It was Rob Van Dam. Imagine Cody, biggest baby face in the company with like the AEW TV title. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he's got that title. And it's it's a big deal because he can't physically compete for the world title. Mm-hmm. So it's immediately looked at as like almost on the level because maybe Cody would be world champion if he could possibly even be world champion. I think that's a real interesting approach that they have now booked themselves in a way to possibly do. It's a very creative thing. I don't know if they'll do it. It's just something that hit my head. And I was like, man, that's that would be a hell of an approach to take to a secondary title. Yeah, I, I like the I just like the way the whole finish uh, played out. Uh, was the cup of water uh, was that a plant? It was, and there were people in AEW not happy because the guy went on social media and oh, bragged about it. You did, yeah. Okay, that ain't good. 
that yeah. good. But that being said, that was a hell of a throw. It was. It was. There's been there's been uh, three that I can think of that I still remember in terms of somebody doing that. The first was. Do you remember when uh, Virgil and Ted DiBiase split up? Do you remember that? Yes. And I think it was might have been the Royal Rumble, and and Ted DiBiase threw the belt down and he told Virgil to pick it up. And when Virgil dropped to a knee, somebody threw a threw a a a cup of beer and nailed DiBiase in the back, and it went everywhere. But he completely no sold it. I've always remembered that because you saw the beer like basically roll off his ass. Of course, that's, one of my, that's legit one of my favorite wrestling moments ever. So that I was a great that. one. And then the other one that I've always remembered is Shawn Michaels coming to the ring for Survivor Series '97, and oh, he got yeah. doused with a beer, and he was dry because he was just coming to the ring, doused with a beer, and without even flinching, he just shot his hair back with yeah. the beer flying everywhere, and then continued with his shtick. I've always remembered that one. And MGF was up there. He completely, I don't know if he was in on it. Maybe he was. But he completely no-sold it, smiled, turned around, walked to the back. Those three I thought were awesome. That will be shown 20, 25 years from now in his Hall of Fame speech or whatever, every highlight video. That was a an amazing visual. Right. Amazing visual. That yeah, was a good angle. And if, there's, if there's anything I know about MJF, whether it's the person, the character, whatever, he's not afraid of that heat. He is not afraid of heat. And that's something that a lot of people are, are missing, but he employs it perfectly. I agree. Now, as great as I like that, uh, I did not like Omega Moxley. Uh, and, and there's a couple of reasons that I didn't like it. The first reason is they seem to do this unsanctioned match thing whenever they don't want to count a loss. And to me, it's too convenient. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. Joey Janela technically has two losses that they're not going to count. Omega now has a loss that they're not going to count. I don't like it. It's, it's almost like they're just finding too easy of a way out of it. The other thing I don't like about it is obviously they're doing it for shock value, right? They've done two before. This is the third one. They did that barbed wire pit that they had off the, uh, off the ramp. They had the mousetrap board. Uh, they had uh, Omega with the broom, and he was sweeping Moxley's back. That's pretty funny. With the barbed wire <laughs> on it. Yeah. Uh, I watched all that, and you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, do you remember Jeff Hardy and his prime? And mm-hmm. back then, WWE was only doing maybe one or two big stunts a year with Jeff Hardy. But you always had to think about, how is he going to top the next one? Because he would do, like, say something big off a ladder. How is he going to top the next one? Then they did the thing with uh, Steve Blackman and Shane McMahon, where they went off the top of the, I think it was another ladder or something, they went off the top of it. How are you going to top it? How are you going to top it? They have now done three unsanctioned matches in four months, Sean. They've yeah. done three unsanctioned matches in four months. How are you going to top it? You know what I mean? They need to just kill the unsanctioned match gimmick because they've overdone it now. Kill the unsanctioned match gimmick. Bring it back in a year when it's going to mean something again. Until then, get rid of it because I don't like it. Number one, you're, you're killing the concept. And number two, not counting the losses or the wins for that matter, I think is stupid. So I'm not a fan of it. Uh, and, and that's pretty much my opinion on that. Yeah, that, that match wasn't for me. I heard a lot of people say, oh, well, they didn't build a story. I'm like, they've been building this story for six months. They threw each other off the set, and they, they beat each other with weapons and put each other through a glass table. Like, this this has been building. Just because WWE doesn't do it this way doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. If anything, I, I love the fresh approach. The match just wasn't for me. Yeah, just... it, it was too much. And, you know, something else, uh, uh, and I can't recall who said this. It might have actually been Brian Alvarez. Uh, it was a very good point. They said, how reckless are you 
when you have two guys with their backs cut open from from the barbed wire and from the broom stuff and something like that, and then they're bumping around on dirty mats, sweat-covered mats. Yes. Uh, they're ripping the mats off, so it's just uh, wood underneath, and they're bumping around on that. How reckless and unsafe is that? They could both end up with staph infections. Yes. And that's a very valid point, too. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm, I'm somewhat surprised that they would even agree to do that or they'd be willing to do that and not be thinking about the potential consequences. Yeah, and as far as your point with the lights out thing, I agree with you. Uh, one thing that I may or may not have gotten a little tipped off about that uh, I mentioned on the AEW Full Gear Review with Dave Schilling, former WWE writer, they may be resetting the records is what Nick Jackson said today, and I, I had mentioned that on that show I think that that's good depending on how long it they do it and how often they do it. Uh, I think that doing it every so often makes a lot of sense. It's their way of kind of having seasons and getting fresh talent in there and giving them opportunities. I don't think they should do it like every month or anything. But depending on how they employ it, I, I think it could be a good idea. So I actually have that on my list for later, and I guess I'll talk about it now. So uh, one of the other crit- critiques I was going to have about AEW is that they do these power rankings. Uh, they release them once a week, and they do this in order to kind of show the win-loss records of guys and, and you know who they consider kind of among the top guys. Uh, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because we're doing this again on November uh, 13th. AEW t- uh, Dynamite is on TNT tonight, and despite these power rankings, they've announced that Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, which is not a regular tag team, gets a, t- a shot at the AEW Tag Team Titles tonight against SCU. Uh, I want to give you an idea of what the power rankings look like. So, Nigel, do you have that tweet with the power rankings? Mm-hmm. So this is an example, and this was from the, uh, Friday, November 8th, and it was posted by All Elite Wrestling's Twitter account. That gives you an idea. Now, they do a top five. I just had yes. Nigel took, take a screenshot that just shows you kind of the top two. You're not going to find Jericho and Sammy Guevara in the top five. And so, again, when they always talk about the importance of power rankings and win-loss records, and then you give a makeshift tag team a title shot, it kind of defeats the purpose. And so uh, it's hard for me to kind of comprehend. I understand from a storyline perspective that you want your AEW champion, who's part of a faction, to potentially win the tag team titles because now you got two more titles in your heel faction. Makes perfect sense from a storyline perspective, but I think they got to pick and choose. Are power rankings and win-loss records going to be important, or are they going to get trumped by storyline? You mentioned what the Young Bucks said. Put up the Twitter from uh, Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks, uh, Nigel, talking about... uh, So if you look at the fan question, he said, do you have a way of booking around the possible problems down the road that you may encounter with win-loss records? And then the Young Bucks said, it'll reset. Personally, I don't understand the reasoning for that. I don't understand why you would reset uh, the records. I can understand if they want to have an overall win-loss record for somebody, and then maybe they can have, you know, like in hockey, they'll say like their top 10, or they'll say what their streak is. So you've won two in a row, you've won five in a row. That would be cool, because then if it's a newer talent and they don't have as many matches as a veteran, right? You can see that they've won three in a row, won four in a row. I don't understand resetting the win-loss records. Why would you do that? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, and quite frankly, I think that this is one of those uh, examples of A&W trying something that just hasn't worked. And mm-hmm. so maybe you just abolish win-loss records altogether. I don't know. Uh, but they have to decide what's going to trump what. Are you going to try to be like sport with win-loss records and power rankings or storylines going to trump it? Uh, I don't think you can have it both ways. Well, power rankings are, are a lot of based on what have you done for me lately type of thing, which yes. which I, I like. I like the win-loss records because it at least makes me feel as somebody who's covering this that what I'm covering matters. 
Sure, like everything, yeah. Everything matters. A match on AEW Dark might matter. Uh, as far as the Sammy and Chris thing, I liked their complaint that they brought up. They're like, why the hell aren't we ranked? We're 2-0. and Like, we, we should be ranked. I, I dug that. There, there are ways that they, they are able to craft these. Like, Emi Sakura was 1-0 and and was the only remaining woman without a singles loss or something like that, so they gave her a title shot. Whatever. There are ways to do it, I guess. I, it, I'll reserve judgment until I see it play out because if it becomes too much of a mess, yeah, I get it. But I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want the Sean Spears-Joey Janela match that I'm watching on AEW Dark to mean absolutely nothing. I don't want the match, that the, the Shayna versus whoever match uh, versus be a Priestley match to not mean anything. Right. Because then psychologically I tune it out and I don't need to worry about it. If you act like it doesn't care, then it then it doesn't matter. Or if you act like it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter. Because that that's the ultimate thing. Things matter as much as you make them. WWE made a big deal out of King of the Ring to the point to where I cared about it and it mattered to me. Now I see that it didn't really matter at all because of how they've done Baron Corbin since then, yeah. relatively speaking. But now in future future King of the Rings, I'll be like, eh. What does that even mean? AEW has a chance to show us that they're going to stick to this. Either you'll get it or you won't. And let's be honest, not all wrestling fans understand numbers. Uh, it's, it's the best. So if they reset it, maybe that adds more confusion. Maybe it... I thought I thought going from double or nothing to all out and then like sorting it like that would make sense. But I'll see how they do it. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, I, I, if it was me, I would not reset it. I would just add a, uh, a streak number, uh, and yeah. maybe like last ten or something. Uh, but I would keep the overall because it'll look impressive, say two years down the road once they start getting into double digits. So I yes. would leave it alone. Now, one other thing about AEW, because again, they have this tendency sometimes to beat ideas into the ground. Uh, which considering that they're a new promotion, they need to kind of pull back on some of this stuff. One other thing they need to kind of ease up on is the lights out in ring surprise. Because yeah. they've, they've done it a lot, and at full gear, they did it with Chris Daniels. When Chris Daniels came out in Pentagon gear, and I watched that thing to myself, what the hell was the point of that? The, the whole thing was dumb. Yeah, there the, was the no lights, reason to do it. The lights out was dumb. Having him dress up as the Pentagon was dumb. It made Pentagon look stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, Pentagon knows who he talked to before this match. Last time somebody came out dressed, dressed up as Pentagon, it was Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Like, at, at all in. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I'll tell you what makes sense. The super chat we got. Donate them. Have your question or statement right on the air. Xanthius says, Sean, as a tall person, do you ever worry about shrinking in your old age? Will you be okay simply being thrifty and humble? Well, if there's one thing I'm not thrifty with, it is my height. Whether it be, uh, you know, vertically or horizontally, Jimmy, because, you know— BlueChew.com, make sure your packer's hard. Have you heard that, Jimmy? Right when you were about to start your pitch, I happened to turn this way, and oh, look, there's Virgil's cutout. Well, you'll be That's all I got to say about that. You'll be pitching that dick. And let me tell you, it's going to be received very well when you go to BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it gets in your system a lot faster because it is a chewable. And it's a lot cheaper because you don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. It's prescribed online by Blue Chew's physicians. 
And that, that keeps you from even having to schedule the doctor's appointment. Don't have to worry about the paperwork or anything like that. You fill out the survey. They'll let you know if you're approved. And if you are, in a couple days, Blue Chew arrives at your door, and so does a hard, erect penis. It's, it's amazing the way that that works. You'll just be running around erect wherever after uh, you use BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. But also... Uh, it's, it's uh, the talk of the wrestling world. Everybody loves our segues and stuff, but you hear about this stuff a little bit everywhere and they're not going to give it to you for free if they don't expect you to come back for more. And let me tell you, you're going to need to, because once you use it on, on that someone special, not only will they, they be coming, they'll be coming back for more as oh, well. Man. What, what did you just? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure say that your segues are the talk of the wrestling world is that what i just heard you say blue chew is oh blue chew is blue Blue chew Chew is legitimately do you know how many wrestlers have hit up my inbox asking if it's real or if it's a gimmick were they asking for samples yeah uh, there was one person in wwe (laughs) who hit me up and asked me to have blue chew sponsor a party they were throwing i mean that's okay they're just looking for revenue that's all right and they said is it real or is it a gimmick and i was like buddy your gimmick's going to be real when you take BlueChew.com and use the code Fightful. I don't know if they ever set that up, but that, that party has, has came and passed. So hopefully hopefully it worked out for them. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about – Go ahead. Nigel, do you have my interview? Yeah, of course. I talked to Sonia Deville. Here's an interview. <laughs> What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful.com here with Sonia DeVille. Sonia, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I am doing great. I'm always interested in your MMA background. Obviously, you had that before you, you got into wrestling. You know, I mean, we've seen people in the past. We've seen the likes of Brock Lesnar kind of jump back and forth. What happens if maybe you, know, you get to the level where you start getting offers and WWE is like, oh, maybe you should do this? I mean, I'm 25 years old. I'm relatively young. I think I'm the third youngest female on the and Raw SmackDown right now. So I don't say no to anything. Anything is an opportunity and a possibility. And um, I know I'm more than capable of uh, competing in both. So I'm open to it. Do you still uh, do any training in that regard? Obviously, it's implemented heavily in, into your wrestling. Yeah. Um, no, I don't train martial arts that much. So I definitely have to put the time in if I was going to take a fight. But uh, I'm just so engulfed in wrestling right now and working on my in-ring work. So that's kind of definitely where my focus is right now. 
how did that thought process go when you're deciding? Because I know that you had taken several fights and then you moved over to pro wrestling. You had the tough enough run. But, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the point where you had to decide, I got to do one or the other. Yeah, I, I think the big deciding factor for me was that growing up I loved acting and I loved entertaining. And I, I made an independent film when I was 18, 19 years old. So I knew I had a love and a passion for that. And I'm obviously an athlete and I love to fight and be physical. And pro wrestling, I didn't even know really existed. And when I found it, I was like, wait a second. This is a combination of the two things I literally love the most. So I feel like it was like meant to be that I end up in wrestling. I think this is my true love. And uh, obviously different circumstances, but Paige has had various roles. And I know that you did some stuff with After Buzz, so you're comfortable yeah. on camera and all that. Is that something that you look forward to doing like, maybe after your career's over? Yeah, I, I attribute After Buzz to a lot of my success, not only because Marie and Kevin are like mentors to me and they've helped me so much, but also because After Buzz, being an on-camera host, as you know, it, it gives you a sense of confidence and the ability to communicate and express yourself. So... I would definitely look forward to acting in the future. Um, I'm working with an acting coach right now, actually in L.A., and continuing my craft in, in that field because that's something I'm really passionate about. After Buzz has turned into like a media developmental territory for WWE. It's like the NXT of entertainment. It's so funny, and so many people have come over from After Buzz. You know, yeah. you got Kathy Kelly, Johnny LaQuasto. Um, so it's definitely proof in the pudding. It works. Yeah. Tag team wrestling to singles wrestling, how do you transition? What kind of differences do you face in the ring when, when you're doing that? Because, I mean, you started out as a singles in NXT. You've developed this tag team with Mandy Rose. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty adaptable. I, I grew up playing team sports, lacrosse, basketball, and soccer. And then I got into MMA, which is a one-woman sport. And so I'm kind of adaptable. I could do it all. And Mandy and me have natural chemistry. So it kind of just worked. How do you throw those knees without absolutely killing someone? <laughs> I mean, it's just called talent, you know what I'm saying? I saw that, I think it was at an NXT show, and I saw you throw a few to somebody's ribs, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. okay. I, I will say this, I've never had any complaints, so, yeah. so far, so good. Yeah. Uh, Sonia, I want to thank you so much. Thanks so Join much, me. I appreciate it. We're out. Make sure you guys check out YouTube.com slash Fightful, and of course, check out our exclusive section, We've got tons of interviews, hundreds of interviews, and we're doing a lot on video. I've got a ton in the can as well, so uh, no shortage of those on the way. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Pretty neat talking to Sonia Deville. Such a lovely Toronto backdrop. I love it. Shot. Except for, of course, the abundance of cranes and condo buildings. Hey, eh, Nigel? Yeah, well. <laughs> That's, uh, that... is, let me tell you, just in the past two years that I've been visiting, significantly more. Yeah, it sucks. I'm not going to lie. I sold my house and moved because of condos and cranes. Really? So it's, yeah, that's one yeah, thing I don't too. like that's about the city. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm moving out of here. You're talk, I'm sure you deal with it all the time. Yeah. So let's talk about contract news. So, uh, of course, we already know about Randy Orton. And uh, good old WWE backstage uh, last night announced that The Miz and Paige have both signed new multi-year contracts with WWE. Let me say, first off, kudos to WWE for taking care of Paige. Yes. Because obviously with her uh, injury, uh, she has less opportunity than if she could still work in the ring. Kudos to them for taking care of her. And so I really, really like that. Um, Miz does not surprise me at all. You know, right. I mean, there's there are certain guys like we talked about who are kind of WWE lifers. Miz is one of those guys. I would have been stunned if he ever went to AEW because he's just he's the more entertainment driven wrestler that's looking for opportunities like Miz and Misses and stuff like that. So his deal, his deal already ran for like another two and a half years. They just added like two more years to well, it. Well, good for him. Good for him. Now, I want to say one thing about uh, these contracts for a second. 
Uh, and, and I know, uh, you know, pe- people don't necessarily take everything that Dave Meltzer says with a grain of salt, and that's fine. But some of the stuff that he says I find interesting. He said on his podcast uh, this past week that talent should try to, t- to sign short-term deals if they can. He said, if I'm a talent, I'm signing a short-term deal. The reason for that, uh, in his opinion, is that, number one, if you're stuck with creative, bad creative, uh, then, uh, you know, you don't have to wait out your contract for too long. Number two, if your stock goes up, then you're not stuck at whatever guarantee that you're making. My opinion is that I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, obviously, it's got to be a case-by-case situation. If you are a Randy Orton, if you are a Roman Reigns, if you're a Seth Rollins, if you're a Miz, if you're a Daniel Bryan, if you're somebody that's established with tenure in WWE, go for a long-term deal because you're going to get paid. And what happens if you get injured? You know what I mean? If you get injured on a short-term deal, you could be screwed unless they take care of you like they did Paige. Otherwise, you could be screwed. The other thing is, is let's say that you are on the other end of the spectrum from those guys. Let's say that you're a Chad Gable. Let's say you're a Cedric Alexander, you're an Apollo Crews, one of those guys. Why would you want a short-term deal at all as opposed to just trying your luck someplace else? So I don't think you should necessarily just think to yourself, sign a short-term deal uh, so you can you don't you can limit yourself from bad creative or in case your your brand your personal brand goes up. Definitely got to be a case by case situation. If I personally was Chad Gable, personally I would leave WWE if my contract's yeah. coming up. Uh, personal opinion, but if I was Roman Reigns, I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere else. So yeah, it's, of course, it's, it's definitely got to be a case by case situation. It's not an across the board type of deal at all. Also, look at the the reported deals that, that have been out there this year. Leo Rush claims WWE offered them offered him three hundred grand a year. Meanwhile, the revival passed up like five hundred and fifty a year. Meanwhile, word is that Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows each got the fabled sting money from back in the day. And, and you know that some of the people that are getting re-signed, like if, if Gallows and Anderson are getting that, I would assume that a Braun Strowman probably got seven figures. Oh, I, I bet he probably got a couple million a year. So bet, yeah. you look at that and you look at the categorically different rates that these guys are getting. And I, you know what? I bet the Revival feel like if they were booked better, they would be worth the same as Gallows and Anderson. So you got to, you got to know your worth. You got to know is creativity uh, the most important thing to you. You got to weigh all that. I mean, I I can understand that it it all depends on all that stuff. Like, I mean, I I know people who have preferred in our line of work, Jimmy, they prefer month to month guarantees. There are some people that are like, Oh, I want to know that I'm good here for a long time or people that prefer per article. It, it's such a case by case thing. Yeah, it's hard for me to assume. But like you said, like if you're in a Chad Gable's position, you're in a way different boat than Roman Reigns. So I mean, that's kind of your point to begin with. Yeah, and and it's not like when his contract comes due, it's not like WWE is going to offer him a two million dollar downside. Yes, you know I mean they're not going to do that. And so if I'm Chad Gable, he's got such talent. You know what I mean? He's kind of like a like this generation's uh, Kurt Angle. You could go someplace else, build up your brand with better creative. And then two years down the road, WWE might offer you that kind of money. You know what yeah. I mean? So if I was someone like him, I would leave. I don't know if I would stay for anything if I was a, if I was a talent like a Chad Gable, knowing that if I'm, if I'm handled better creatively, I'm going to be a much bigger star. That's just kind of how I would look at it if I was him. Everybody's got different motivation, and I know that some guys, they grew up WWE fans, and so that's where they want to be. But you're in, the, you're in it to make money, too. And, and again, if you have the talent to build your brand up someplace else, I'd probably do that. Now, uh, we mentioned uh, Randy Orton. 
he resigned, of course, and then he went on on Instagram to challenge John Cena to a match at WrestleMania 36. Not saying I'd be intrigued by that matchup, you know, especially in 2020. We've seen it a million times. Cena did an interview with Sports Illustrated. He was asked about Randy Orton's challenge. He acknowledged that he hadn't heard about it. Uh, but he did say this, and this is a direct quote, I haven't missed a WrestleMania since my first appearance at WrestleMania 19, and I do not plan to miss a WrestleMania for decades to come. My question for you is, what do you think would be an intriguing match for John Cena at WrestleMania 36? Because Randy Orton ain't it. So what do you think would be an intriguing match for John Cena at WrestleMania? Well, John Cena is going to be the babyface. He's in that position now to where he is the babyface. Yes. Uh, look up and down the roster. It ain't John, it ain't Brock Lesnar anymore. We've seen nope. that. Yep. AJ Styles, we've seen it, right? Everybody else is so mid. They're so average these days. I, I think like a younger name, like maybe an Adam Cole would be interesting. But I think when you get Adam Cole in there next to him, some things are going to be obvious. Because yeah. Adam Cole, he's a lean athlete. John Cena is a mastodonic athlete. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's necessarily a great idea. Braun Strowman, do you really want him to be a heel again? Because that ain't it. Braun is what Braun is. I think The Fiend would be a good idea. I think running that one back and having The Fiend win win would be the right idea. Because as we sit here right now, Jimmy, John Cena has never went longer in his professional wrestling life without a match right. than right now. Yeah, which means that it'll be a bigger match when he when he comes back. Also, somebody uh, pointed out Velveteen Dream. That would be a fantastic one. Oh, I, I love Velveteen Dream, too. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. Yes. What's his situation? He's been hurt. He's been hurt uh, since the TV debut of NXT. He had he's, a lumbar injury. That guy's so good, man. He's he, he's one of those guys that's got the package. He's got everything. And I'm so scared that Vincent Mann's going to fuck him up. You yeah. know what I mean? Because Velveteen Dream, he's, he's, he's fantastic. Uh, he, he streams out guy that... He screams out Baron Corbin's position. The guy that takes all the nostalgia bumps for people, like when The Undertaker comes out, oh, a choke slam. Right. Stone Cold comes out, stunner, oh, and then he flops around. Right. That's what I see. Yeah, he's, he's so good. Uh, in other contract news, Sin Cara has asked for his release. Apparently he's got three years left on his deal. Uh, I just want to say this, and I, I, I try to put myself into, say, Vincent Mann's shoes or Triple H's shoes. I know that they uh, aren't big on letting people go right now because of the competition. What is the benefit to the company to having Mike Bennett stuck under contract, to having Sin Cara stuck under contract? What's the benefit? Just because you don't want them to potentially go someplace else? So what? You know what especially, I mean? Especially Sin Cara, who is 42 – has never been over in America. Right. And they can put somebody else under that mask. They could do that, but and their their I mean, talent roster, yeah, and their talent roster is so vast. Yeah. They have so many guys that a lot of them don't get used at all. A lot of them don't even do the live events because they have so many guys. Yeah. You don't need these guys. You're paying these guys decent salaries if they don't want to be there and if you don't see anything in them to put them on the card at all or to put them in a significant spot, let them go. Like, why keep yeah. these guys if they're not happy? I don't understand it. Uh, I think that method's going to change eventually, especially when WWE – I mean, you're paying these guys six figures to do nothing. Yeah. That adds up. Four or five of those guys is a million bucks. Yeah. Like, that. that's a lot of money to just waste. Obviously, when you're getting 200 mil a year for a TV show, it's not. Yeah, but I mean, but... still, like, they could – 
think about all the stuff they could allocate with one million dollars. Yeah, that one million dollars, four or five guys getting released. Okay, go. Your NXT roster is complaining about raises. Let's turn that million dollars into raises for around. them. Yep, I agree. I agree. Yep, they could do that. Now, uh, another piece of news: first names are apparently returning. I'd love to know uh, the mandate or the directive on this. So first we had Eric Rowan. He became Eric Rowan again. And that now, ain't lasting. That ain't going to last. You don't think so? It's going to be Rowan? They, they've got Eric of the Viking Raiders, Eric Young, and Eric Rowan all on the same show. By the way, Eric from the Viking Raiders teams with a guy whose name used to be Rowe. So I want them to all team up and be Eric Rowe and Eric Rowan. <laughs> that's, that's what I want. <laughs> There's some shit's going to happen there. Do you want that to keep, be the name of the team? Eric Rowan, keep, Eric Rowan. Keep in mind, this is the company that's like, no, you can't be Shane, be Gregory, or I don't know, name yourself after a natural disaster or something. Anything but the same name as Shane McMahon. Oh, that ain't going to yeah. last. Way back to you're going to be the Legion of Doom because we all already have the Ultimate Warrior. You know, all the way back to that. Well, the other guy that just got his first name back is Ali. He's now back to being Mustafa Ali. Uh, that makes me wonder, are we going to see Antonio Cesaro? Are we going to see Alexander Rusev? Are we going to see Biggie Langston? Or as Sean liked to talk about, maybe we're going to see Big O Langston. But uh, I, don't, I, I mean, I, I will say this. I've gotten used to Rusev. Yes. You know, just as Rusev. I've gotten used to Cesaro. Gotten used to Big E for that matter. But Mustafa Ali, I like better than Ali. Uh, Eric Rowan, I like better than Rowan. Luke Harper, I like better than Harper, although I don't know if they ever called him Harper. But uh, I like Luke Harper better. Was this a Vincent Mann directive? Did he just, like, wake up one morning and he forgot that he took away their first names? Or have you heard what the situation is? I've not heard. But there, I mean, like, Elias works a lot better than Elias Sampson. I didn't like that originally. Otis works better than Otis Dozovich. Biggie Langston could work. That, I mean— there, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, but, yeah, like some of those, they, they really didn't need to do. They really didn't need to do some of those. And I, I still don't know why. I don't know why they, they made some of those changes. But uh, whatever. That's a good segue to let's go to stupid people. Stupid people is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up. In the new segment, we came up with this stupid people. Stupid people, stupid people. Duh. Okay, so after this, there goes Sean dancing on no music again. After this, go to <laughs> FightfulSelect.com for the list goes on. We are going to talk about uh, Walter. Getting some famous people subscribing, huh, Jimmy? Don't name them, though. All right, we're going to talk about Walter. We're going to talk about Brock Lesnar. We're going to talk about Rusev. We're going to talk about, uh, let's see, uh, a little bit more AEW stuff. Impact Wrestling. Um, I might even talk about Jordan Miles if I feel like giving him some publicity. We'll see about that. And MLW, we're going to talk about, too, on uh, the list goes on after this. Go to FightfulSelect.com for that. Okay, Sean, this first one. Got some good ones for you again, man. This first one reported by the Washington Post on, on November 8th. This is stupid, but I applaud the attempt. All right? Okay. I applaud the attempt. So there's a 66-year-old man named Benjamin uh, Schreiber or Schreiber. Maybe it's Schreiber. He's serving a life sentence without parole at the Iowa State Pen for the 1996 murder of a man who he bludgeoned to death with the handle of a pickaxe. 
All right. Man. Yep. Life without parole. In 2015, Mr. Schreiber developed kidney stones. He got severe septic poisoning. He fell unconscious. <laughs> I've heard this. You heard this one? Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll ask Nigel about uh, what, what might happen. He fell unconscious. His heart stopped, and he had to be resuscitated. All right? He recovered. And then, Nigel, hope your mic's working. What did he do next? I have no idea. He filed for post-conviction relief, claiming that uh, he was being held in prison illegally because since his heart stopped, he had fulfilled his life sentence. Oh, God. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he said, I fulfilled my life sentence. Let me go. And he wanted uh, to get out of prison. Fortunately for all of us, considering that he bludgeoned a dude to death with, a, with the handle of a pickaxe, yeah. uh, it, he was basically denied. Went to the court appeals. They just came back and they said, uh, tough shit. You're going to sit in prison until the medical examiner determines that you are officially dead. <laughs> That's what they told him. I applaud the attempt. Uh, it was dumb, but I applaud the attempt on that one. This next I one. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, of course you do. For, this next one is reported by the New York Post on November 9. Now, we've talked before about these one of the, the latest stupid people trends in this world, Sean. Uh, and that latest stupid people trend is called the gender reveal party. Oh, gosh, I know what you're talking about here. Yeah, too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what idiot came up with the, with the concept of the gender reveal party. Uh, whoever you are, shame on you for being such a plug. So first, there was uh, the Arizona wildfire yeah. that uh, burned nearly yeah. 47,000 acres, caused more than $8 okay. million dollars in damage. If this is the video that I think it is, please don't show it because we will get copyright claimed because the person has been doing that. I have no video on this, so Thanks. you don't have to worry about a video. Then, we, then we had a woman in Knoxville, Tennessee – that was killed after she was hit by shrapnel because people made a homemade gender reveal bomb. That happened. This yeah. latest one, and again, if, uh, if uh, Sean knows, I'm going to ask it to, uh, to Nigel. Uh, there's a town called Turkey, Texas, and they decided to do a gender reveal stunt in which a plane would release okay. 350 gallons of pink water, Nigel. Yeah. All right? What happened, Nigel? Pretty sure the plane crashed. So the stunt, because they had to slow down the plane in order to properly dump the 350 gallons of pink water, uh, the, the plane slowed down to a point that it stalled and slammed into the ground. Fortunately, the two people on the plane did not die. They were hurt but did not die. Gender reveal parties so, near need to end or just let a few balloons go up and be done with it. So I right? just want to say, thank God it wasn't the one that I saw on Twitter yesterday. Oh, you saw a different one? What was that oh, one? Oh, boy, did I. What was and it? And everybody in the chat knows exactly what I'm talking about. How do I know? Because one of our former interns who didn't work out retweeted it, and I'm very glad things didn't work out once I saw it. What was it? So it's this woman with her ass up in the air, bare ass, and they say gender reveal party, and she farts, and blue dust pops out. <laughs> it was gross. It was so <laughs> gross. Fortunately, that's not the one that I chose. I was I was fearing the whole time. I was like, no, Jimmy's gonna show it on the air. No, I would. I would. I know. I mean, I, I showed the guy with the fire fireworks and his ass crack last week, so I would do that, but I didn't. Someone All right, this... on our team sent a really funny joke about uh, about this. Chen uh, through yesterday I sent a I think it was from a Reddit post and said of course I did. went to a, a, a gender reveal party once but everyone freaked out so I pulled my pants out and got, and got <laughs> the hell out of there. <laughs> 
but I'm pumped. Yeah, yeah, okay, this that. this last one is for the SRS five reported by Yahoo Style on November twelfth. So there's an online retailer called Worldwares.com, and that's with a Z. Worldwares.com. Okay. They released a holiday shirt for dog lovers. Got to get that cheap URL right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's probably the only thing that was available, but whatever. Yeah. So they released a holiday shirt for dog lovers. Uh, the shirt's gone viral. Why do you think, Sean? Oh, God. Just show me the shirt, Jimmy. Show him the shirt, Nigel. Yeah, it looks like you're... <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was intentional. They meant to do you that. You think they meant to do that? Oh, for sure. I mean, you really, you really got to look at it to even see the dog. You I know what I mean? I didn't know that was a dog until you just said Until it. I told... Really? Yeah. Until I just said it? Yeah. They okay. did to do that. There's no way they didn't. I'm pretty sure I saw this without the, the, the Christmas design on Facebook. And really? then I think... Pretty sure in the replies, I saw them post a bunch of very similar, like similar themed, like animals, but are actually petting dicks type of thing. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, well, that's yeah. the first I'd ever heard of it. So it wasn't what it was. Now, uh, Raw this week was pretty unforgettable. Uh, pretty, pretty forgettable. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, that's what I meant. Pretty forgettable. I'm sorry. I meant pretty forgettable. But there was one thing I really liked about the show, and I mentioned this on, on Twitter this week. Watching Walter in the ring with Seth Rollins, right? Not only did he not look out of place on that stage, on, on that grandest stage, not only did he not look out of place, I watched Walter in there with Seth Rollins, and I thought to myself, give me Walter Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I want Walter and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And as a matter of fact, Sean, I know that you know WWE, Vincent Mann books things the way he books them, and he's senile, and he's 75, and he doesn't know what fans want anymore. Can you imagine a WrestleMania lineup, Sean, with Walter, Brock Lesnar, Matt Riddle, Bill Goldberg, John Cena, The Fiend? Imagine that lineup. Huh? And then maybe Punk, Triple H, Sean. Can you imagine? And, and you know what? You should put over the people that are going to be around a little bit longer. Yeah, well, that's right. That's right, too. That's right, too. And something tells me that in 2020 now, Hunter wouldn't have a problem putting Punk over, Sean. I, I would hope not. I don't think he would. I don't he think he would. He shouldn't have had a problem in 2011. Well, you know what? I mean, it was different. You know, Punk, Punk I, I think Punk would be the first to admit that he was a difficult guy to work with then, too. And so I think Hunter had just kind of had enough of him, and he kind of did it to kind of show who the boss is kind of thing. But uh, can you imagine a lineup of matches like that? say, at the top four yeah. for WrestleMania, that'd be one of the most anticipated manias they've had in years if they had matches like that. But, of course, they're not going to do Walter Brock. They're not going to do Fiend Cena. They might. They're not going to do Riddle uh, uh, Goldberg. But uh, people would love it if they did. Now, speaking of Brock Lesnar, I hope I sent this to Nigel. I think so. Okay. Now, he's got the reputation, you know, for being a bit of an ornery type of guy, Sean. He's got the reputation for being, you know, this, this prize fighter that doesn't love wrestling and he does it for the money. I wanted to show this for that reason. Uh, this was posted on social media by Alex McCarthy from TalkSport. This is Brock Lesnar fulfilling the wish of an 11-year-old boy who wanted to meet him, courtesy of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Wanted to put this photo up. Put that up there, Nigel. I guess there's no way to awesome. zoom in. But uh, it says there, Brock Lesnar doing a Make-A-Wish last week for an 11-year-old boy. Uh, look at that. He, put the, he let the kid put him in a headlock, gave the kid a hug, took photos with him. That's nice to see, man. Especially because, again, Brock, is, he's got the reputation for not being very approachable and, and yeah. you know, being kind of like the private prize fighter type of guy. So yeah, I thought that was good to see that, 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 that giant Vikings got a heart, John. Yeah, for sure. Also, uh, 
Shout out to Alex McCarthy. I really like his work. He's uh, an emerging name in this line of work. But yeah, I mean, Brock, he's he's not what a lot of people think of him. I mean, you see videos of him like playing with puppies and stuff. Really? Like backstage. Oh, yeah. I've never yeah. seen that. Where oh, is it's that out at? there. It's really? out there. Yeah. Okay. Are you I'm sure? Are you sure he, he wasn't fixing to eat the puppy? Maybe, but let me let me look. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, there's there's footage of him playing with a puppy. Found it right really, now. Really, really. Oh, I gotta yeah. look that up. I gotta look that up. Yeah, just type in Brock Lesnar puppy after the show, guys. And Jimmy, don't look it up right now. No, I won't. I but, won't. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, I will say this a, a little while ago. So there's a major highway in uh, in Canada called the 401. Uh, and I, a, a few months ago, somebody stopped at a uh, service center, you know, a gas station on the 401. They're filling up their car with gas. They happened to glance up. At the next pump over, it was Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and uh, and I can't recall where I saw this. It might have been on Facebook or something. They, they decided, what the hell, I'm going to go say hello to him. Uh, and again, he's got this kind of, you know, unapproachable reputation. Apparently, Brock was awesome. Uh, talked to the guy for like 10 minutes, took photos with him. So, you know, a, lo- a lot of it might be maybe he looks at the business a certain way because wrestling can be a tough business anyway. So maybe he looks at the business a certain way, but that doesn't necessarily make him an asshole, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about Rusev. He was interviewed by the UK Sun. He was asked about the current angle with Lana and Lashley. Uh, let me get your thoughts on this quote. He said, and this is a Rusev quote, it's great. I think we are in the best storyline currently going on and the best storyline that's been around for years. Sean Ross Ab, your thoughts. Rusev is too smart to believe that. Think so? I personally think he's trolling because he's fucking hilarious. You think That's he's why. just you think maybe he's just glad to be a, a centerpiece on TV? Maybe. And you know what? It gets a lot of YouTube views and that's nice and I see a lot of people saying, "Well, India, well, that's funny because not every video gets a million views, so it's not like some uh, India click farm like conspiracy or something like there are people that are interested in this for whatever reason lana it's because of lana that's why it's bad yes uh i know that lana's big on soap opera storylines and stuff i've heard that but man this is a shitty storyline it's bad the thing is they could do that type of storyline but not make it shitty but it is shitty. It's very shitty. It is and i i to be honest with you i think that they were dead right out of the gate because they chose bobby lashley because Lashley doesn't fit that role. Lashley should be a he should be a destruction machine. You know what I mean? Lashley well, he is right. Well, he is cute. That's cute. <laughs> but he should be a guy that they're that they're uh, they're getting ready for Brock Lesnar. That should be what Bobby Lashley is. And he doesn't fit this this character. It should be somebody else. But uh, I will say this: that to me, this has been the biggest positive of this angle, and that is Lana. Who knew that she had an energy to cut promos the way she's cutting them? And I think you mentioned this on the Post Raw podcast. She's the only person on TV right now who does not feel scripted. Yes. And I completely agree with you on that. And I don't know if it's Lana because you know how she talks kind of quick when she's doing these promos, which kind of yeah. makes it look like she's improvising. I don't know if she's just like off the top of her head coming up with stuff and, and saying it. She, like you said, is the only person that does not come off scripted when they cut a promo. And right now, when it comes to the women on the roster, my opinion, promo work, Charlotte, Becky, Lynch, Lana. That's your top she, three right now. She's the only person that has said anything during the storyline that has gotten a pop. Right. She has gotten pops for Rusev several times. Although his reactions are pretty damn awesome. Too. Yeah, and also she's gotten a few pops from Bobby Lashley, if you know what I'm saying. 
BlueChew.com. Oh, you, you always just gotta kind of yeah. You gotta. You just gotta. Yeah. You're a sweetheart. Gotta, I gotta keep the sponsors happy, Jimmy. It's well, all about sponsors. I don't want these people calling Snickers on me. Okay. So anyway, go to FightfulSelect.com. The list goes on. Uh, we're going to talk about, like I said, uh, more AEW stuff, Impact Wrestling, maybe Jordan Miles, MLW. going to talk a little bit about Daniel Bryan. So uh, check it out. Leave a thumbs up, guys. Subscribe. But most importantly, I want you guys to leave a comment below. What do you want to see us t- talk about more? Is there a certain promotion, any of that stuff? I want you guys to start commenting below in the video. We're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.